Hello, and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright Mark Anthony Rossi. This show explores all forms of creativity for those searching for meaning and a place in the world. To err is human, but so is to love. Now, without further ado, here's your host. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Strength to be Human. I'm your host, Mark Anthony Rossi. This is another exciting episode of Guest House Edition with our co-host, John Patrick Robbins. John, thank you very much for being able to show up this time. <laughs> Always good to be back on the show. Yeah, when, when, when we talk about technical difficulties on the show, we're not talking about sleeping at all for you never waking up or anything like that. I mean, we really have technical difficulties. Thankfully, he was able to get that resolved later on, and, and uh, his friend Scott was able to fill in, and we were able to get a successful show out there. Thanks a lot, Scott, for that. For, Really filling on there, but I'm I'm certainly happy to have our our mainstead back on the on the guest house, uh, John Patrick Robbins. This is going to be episode 123. Wow, it's really adding up, isn't it? All right, I'm going to title this uh, "Creativity in Coronaville," and we got some subtopics here. We'll be first talking about can you and and do you uh, sometimes push the edge in when you're dealing with art, and of course we'll also talk about some of the um, the risks. That both writers and editors take when they when they try to go too far, you know, and, and push the limits and and what can be uh, what can be published and you know what cannot be not. You know, we all have our different limits and we all have our different tastes and sometimes the different magazines really is something fits in a whole lot better, you know, than than one or the other. So it doesn't always necessarily mean it's bad, but it means it's bad for you, you know, and that, and that's fine and that that happens. Well, let's go on to that first one there. How far can you push the edge when, you, when you're dealing with art? Wow. I guess uh, it yeah. could be very subjective because I'll give you an example, okay? I got this French guy. It was about like six, seven months ago. One of the, one of the uh, editors turned me on to him, and the guy can write. I mean, he was fantastic, but for me, I don't like to get too graphic and stuff, especially when it's uh, sex stuff. I, I got a lot of women who, who read them, read the journal, uh, over 60% of them. So when you get a little too much in that, you, you, you risk pissing them off, and then they have a right to question my judgment because they're like, God, you can't pick somebody else. That I mean, every other word was breasts. He had a line about hiding in the folds of someone's vagina. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> if, if you're a woman that I could do this with, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense in, in, in real life as well as in the damn poem. But I'm just giving you the highlights of this stuff. It was wacky. It was well written, but it was just way, way out there for me and, and for my crowd. That's just the only way to put it. Because, you know, when you're an editor, sometimes it's not always your own taste. Sometimes you have to also guard the taste of the people that are supporting you. You know what I mean? You have 60% of the people pissed off. I mean, you're going to hurt your magazine big time. I, I can't have that. I, I work too hard for it. So I said, dude, you got something else that's a little more toned down than this? You could write, but this is too much for me. Well, he came back with some stuff. Uh, actually, some of it was romantic without being corny. Uh, it, 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 was, it also pushed the edge a little bit, but at least it was more tasteful. And I was able to roll with the guy. But the other stuff, I'm like... I don't know. You need to find somebody else because that whole rolls in the vagina thing, that's just way too much for me, you know? <laughs> but that's a perfect example of that. It, it was, a to me, in many ways, 
it was a positive experience because here's a grown-up writer who's not trying to be a jerk because that's just that's just the stuff he was doing okay and, and he wasn't trying to be a jerk to me when I politely said this isn't going to go for me but I love to see something else because I think you're really talented so if you got some people out there that you know respect uh, being adults and respect being artists you know you could still work something with them but Sometimes you can't, and you just have to be able to politely say, you know, this isn't for me. I can imagine some of the stuff you might get. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get uh, it, not not so much as people would think at the whiskey. It's because, you know, after a while, people see what you're putting out. So luckily, people who do usually send in have read a while, so they don't just kind of go crazy. Um <laughs> Uh, some of the other places, yes. Some of the other places are extremely hard to uh, get work. Uh, as we have kind of revamped the abyss, that that's a difficult place because people don't quite – when you say all things dark, you don't mean like we're not going to go push it and go beyond the, the, uh, the kind of limits of what I consider decency. There are sometimes there are lines that I won't personally cross even though – I mean, most people read my work and they think, wow, what won't you do? But, um, huh. <laughs> you know, it, it does become uh, – it, it it is difficult sometimes when you um, – you know, when you push those limits, it's like, well, then how far after a while are you willing to kind of go out there? But you, you, there's nothing wrong, especially though on the other side of the coin with the editor – Asking like you know you can kind of dig the energy of something and say hey you mind sending me something a little bit less kind of towards crazyville you know and uh, yeah <laughs> but because you know I've, I've I've have had writers that who send me work sometimes and you think man this is you know I I like how they write I like the technique but I just can't go with this particular subject but um. <laughs> the whiskey was a great example of one writer that uh, one guy that I had one time, one person I had to reject that was like, yeah, he he was good. He knew how to write. That wasn't the thing. It's like everything he did was character driven, once I'm, I'm always really big into. But then meanwhile, you know, he, he didn't mind like killing everybody. But as long as they drank a glass of whiskey, he thought it fit it. You know, and I'm like, huh. no, it was a natural fit or something I'm like no. Not quite, uh, not quite what I'm looking for, pal. I mean, <laughs> you know, not that I'm against doing horror, but and I have done it at the whiskey. I'm, I've 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 taken a couple chances, even science fiction one time. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Jesse Lynn Russellis, uh, he who he can definitely go on those different kind of tangents, but you know, still, you, you gotta you gotta have a little bit of decency in there, you know. I can't, I can't just kind of go out in left field so far that people think, you know, because as you know, sometimes when you publish something that's kind of so out there, the next thing you know, everybody thinks, okay, this is what this guy wants. Right, yeah. right, right. That, that is. Yeah. I mean, I had some guy sent me an alien piece. I mean, it was mm -hmm. cool, right? But it, 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 if I got somebody that gave me an alien piece where it was just one one element of that particular poem or story, and it had other ones, I, I'd be okay with it. But it was solely about that whole alien and the color of his skin. And, you know, he could read the thoughts of people and all the crap. I'm like, man, this is not a bad story. But unfortunately, the moment I publish this, I'm going to get more alien stories and poems 
for the next like, six months or something. I mean, it's just it'll I'll, I'll be chock full of them. You know, what I mean, there'll be aliens coming out of my butt. So I had to, I had to turn them down just for that reason because I'm like I'm sorry, it's too damn alien, and it's you know. But sometimes yeah. people sometimes people can push things. Maybe not always on purpose, but sometimes it happens because they'll they'll go back in the vernacular of the old days, which as you know now, sometimes is not acceptable. I had a guy, I think it was like three <laughs> three four months ago, and he he was talking about the old uh, the old days in in the poem, and he mentioned the word Negroes, mm-hmm. and I, I was okay with it because I not only was I okay with it because I don't think it's a, a really an offensive word. And also uh, because it, it fit in the context of what he was doing. Yet I got people that wrote comments saying they were offended by it. You know, and I'm like, dude, I'm not going to take it down just because you're offended. I don't find anything offensive. There's nothing in that this guy's trying to make fun of. So have a good day. But then, you know, recently, last couple of days, I did that three-parter on Bukowski. And one of the first poems, the the the, 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 the poet is talking about homos in it. And... Mm. That's normally that's normally a pejorative word for for gay people, and you know I'm not over there to, to try to bash anybody. I normally wouldn't allow that, but because of the context of Bukowski and he's trying to use some of the language and the stuff that he would say sometimes, I'm okay with yeah. it. I haven't heard anybody get you know mad at it yet, but it could happen. But again, I'll stick with it just because of what the guy is trying to do. Not to mention, uh, I mean, he's pretty much an English professor and a, pretty much a liberal fellow. He's not somebody that's going to go around saying bad words or to offend anybody. You know, half his half his yeah. half his English class is probably gay anyway, so I mean, I doubt I doubt he's doing anything that would be wrong. So I'm okay with it because of of what he's trying to do. But otherwise, you know, if you just did that, you know, throw a homo into a poem or something, I'm probably not going to run with mm-hmm. that because that's just a little too much. Yeah, I, I've kind of walked up to the edge sometimes with uh, well, obviously my own work, but um, with things I publish. Uh, it, it really matters the context of the right. If we're doing like I don't ever publish anything that's like what I consider hate speech. But another thing is people. I mean, just just in my opinion, I think people want to be they're too easily offended. And I that's just I don't think art is ever meant to be. You can't you know art is never safe. And you you can it, it to me it's fine to go push the the envelope a little bit. Um, as long as it has some kind of merit as to what the artist is doing, if it's just to just push the button and say something outrageous, then no, not really. But yeah, and in particular, the uh, the right you were speaking of was really, really well written, and it was done in that way—a good uh, tribute in some ways to Bukowski, who, you know, that that was he did a lot of street. You know, his thing was mainly being more like the street type poet at the time, really. And very harsh edges, the ones I do like. So, yeah, I don't think there's anything in there that merits people, like, getting so deeply offended. I, I you know, everybody, people can find be offended by anything. I mean, you know, and I can be offended by anything, too, but I'm not going to spend a large amount of my time going and writing the editor and telling them about it. But uh, I hear you. Not- it happens, and we, we, got, we got some yeah. bad comments on the... Uh- on the whole Negro yeah. thing. And you're right, of course, people can be oversensitive. That's, that's some of the, the problems of the era we live in, you know, right now, yeah. is, is folks get a little carried away. But in the same, in the same breath, you, 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 can't, you can't deliberately, you know, uh, pretty much uh, 
scandalize an entire culture and, and then say, uh, you know, you're being sensitive. No, I mean, if if you're saying all Arabs are terrorists or, you know, all, all, all Puerto Ricans have switchblades, you're not really helping anybody. And you can't say, why are you being sensitive? Well, I'm, I'm being sensitive because I'm an Italian and I have a switchblade and I might use it on you now because you're getting me tired with this crap. You know, so, Uh-oh. yeah, exactly. So it's like, what the hell? You didn't mention me in it. I, I got one too. All right. And, and yeah. so th- that's the only thing is it, it, you got to, sometimes people, they do, they, they go the opposite. They, 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 they're not looking just to push the envelope that they're, they're looking to purposely, you know, provoke in, in I feel hateful, bigoted way. And then, and then, and then try to, to hide behind, you know, free speech mm. and this and that and whatever. You're right. You're right. You have free speech, but it doesn't mean I, I got to publish you. I'm not stopping you from saying this shit. I'm just not gonna. I'm just not gonna publish it. That's all. Yeah. Well, I mean, as a, as a writer in particular myself, that's known to push the envelope. I mean, I, I to be honest, I always have. I've always. I don't write in mind thinking that oh, this is really gonna offend somebody. It's not that. It's just where it goes. I don't ever take a sh- purposely think well this is really going to ruffle some feathers i i can i can understand you know how some people can definitely be offended sometimes and then of course you know i always say that i'm unfiltered once it's true i don't i don't censor myself greatly <laughs> if you, people think some of the stuff that i uh write now or you see in publication might be raw or gritty or whatever. They can't fathom the things they haven't read. I mean, you know. But then again, it's in with stereotypes as they are, sometimes it is a little bit rough. I mean, I am Southern, and I kind of get viewed in a different way sometimes, un- unjustly. But, it, you know, like I said, people don't really know. It, it, another thing is I can understand sometimes when you use certain terminology – and um, people don't, don't know where you're coming from because, you know, if, if people don't know you, it's the first time they're reading you, it, it can be bad. So sometimes we have to self-censor a little bit. But, yeah, it, it, it's you're always, it's always a slippery slope when it comes to things, you know. But I anything I, – I do know this. Anything that I publish as an editor, I, I'm going to stand by. I'm not going to – you know, it was my choice. I never had to hit the publish button. <laughs> so, yeah. you know – you better be willing when you put it out there to take the flack because I think any editors that listen to this, um, they'll know that you will take the flack over something. If, as long as you do, if you do this any amount of time, you're going to take uh, some shots for something you put out there. Even if you didn't write it yourself, that's the funny thing because we do take the shots because we are the people that green light it. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's uh, it, that's one setback, I guess I should say, for – as being an editor is that you do, you know, you ultimately comes down to you. Then there's plenty of things I do reject. And sometimes I have to look at something. And I think, well, you know, this is going to be, but then again, I, I mean, I look at me, I mean, <laughs> what haven't I said to offend somebody? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I probably have a, a little bit more leeway than the average person, but still, you do have to consider what you're putting out there and the messaging. It's how it's going to be received because nowadays, you know, definitely different times. Yeah, it, it is. I, I think one of the problems we have now is that too many people mm. self-censor themselves to death. I mean, because there's a point where you could do that, 
to where you're toning yourself down just because you think it might increase your chances of being accepted. And, and, and if that's really your criteria, you're not really getting the full your full vision out there or your full voice. You know, all of you is not really being sent out there. You only sent a part of you out there because you're hoping that that's the part they're gonna they're gonna like. You know, but it's it's a it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea for writing, and it's a bad idea for dating. You you can't go on a date with a girl and and you only give her like ten percent of who you are on the first date, and then you wonder why she thinks you're a damn jerk. You know, you wanna you wanna know if a girl really thinks you're a jerk? Go a hundred percent. At least you'll damn know for sure. Otherwise, you, all you do is walking back to the house saying, maybe if I could have did this differently or said this or revealed that. Yeah, that's that's how you live regret, regretting uh, things in life because you didn't go all the way out. You know, and, and that's what we should be doing. And In fact, most editors, you should be able to simply say, this is my work. And hope that they may have something positive to say, even if they don't accept it. That maybe help restrain you, or maybe help you put you in another direction, or help you to reconsider rephrasing something. Sure. You know, I've done that for for folks before, and and, and yeah. you should do that as an editor. But I really think that more times than not, it's not that people are trying to provoke. I, I just think that they're trying not to provoke, and I think that's actually worse. Yeah, I I I, I agree on that. I um, but like as a person that just never. I like I said, I never really thought anything I personally ever did or ever do. Like I said, I don't put a lot of thought into thinking, oh, this is really going to – I just – it's just me because I always said no matter what, whether you reject me or you accept me, that you're getting me. I don't – you know, and then that that's a great case with uh, – I'm not going to name names, but another magazine that I would not – they were kind of – I'd submit there a couple times and – uh they, you know, I won't ever change being myself. I'm not gonna. You're gonna. You either like what I do, you publish it, okay. But I'm not. I'm not watering it down. I'm not gonna change it and all of a sudden become a different writer because then it also comes off as phony to the people that do read you. Because after a while, you you will gain people that do read you, and I don't ever want to come off as oh he's just doing this to get into this place and that place. No, because that's ingenuine, you know, and I. I I think one thing anybody knows me, I'm I'm me a hundred percent. It's not an act. So yeah, you know. Once I mean I'm not don't don't go by the some of the funny stuff. I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh definitely the uh the the you know, my, my my serious work, even the gritty work, you know, I mean it's it's just me, you know. That's one thing I like. I send what I my that's how I write. I send it to you. If you like it, great, and you accept it, even better. If not, okay, but at least it was me 100%. It wasn't like a watered-down version of something I do. And I've luckily, no place that uh, they've ever been published, you know, they, they, you know, it's pretty much how you saw it is how I sent it. So, you know, there's only a few places I've had to do a uh, minor edit, but they were so minor that I, you know, I didn't mind. It might be a line or something like that so, for a uh, constraint on the, you know, site or whatever. But other than that, yeah, I think you should always be you 100%. And I think, it, I think it's a real, I think it's a real problem with, mm-hmm. all, with artists in general, you know, and, and, and people in particular. I mean, not to make fun of any of this corona thing that's going on right now, but 
sometimes people, from what I was reading or even some of the conversations I've heard, is they're sort of shocked that the social distancing, in many ways, kind of keeps them in the corner now where they have to evaluate themselves a little bit more. And sometimes those folks go into more of a depression because they realize that, you know, um, it's kind of hard to be fake when, when you can't be around anybody anymore. Now you have to actually be yourself, God forbid. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, that's a, that's a sad uh, a comment on on twenty first century living, but uh, uh, apparently the 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 virus has more personality than some of these people in their houses. You know, that's kind of that's kind of sad. Now, the, well, I, I, yeah. Well, go ahead. Go, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, I was just going to say that the. Some of the last parts of um, dealing with this pushing edge uh, in dealing with art is we got to make sure also because you know we've seen some examples out this and these are some cautionary tales, especially for for readers and, and and for writers or for people who you know who buy these you know artistic books, poetry books, fiction books, etc. Is when folks take the, the chance to simply saturate the market to death. I, I'm I'm not telling you guys that this is some golden rule. But it is a more practical rule that maybe an, an artist at the most can put out two books a year, maybe something like every six months or something. Anytime you, you deal with somebody that puts more than two books out a year, you know they're, they're flooding them themselves. They're, they're watering down their brand. You got to question how much editing was being done because you know you're supposed to be able to, to read a thousand poems of somebody in one one calendar year. I'm not even making that up. That's a real number, you know. And you got some folks out there, you know, they they uh, they grab that 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 free fake uh, French artist guy that look you know looks like he did uh, you know crayon art for some crack person that that's been brain damaged in, in the trailer park, and, and and this is this is the cover to all of this garbage. So uh, you, you have to question all that kind of stuff when people push it that far, you know, they're they're, they're hurting whatever chance they have of, of gaining a, a real audience. In many ways, they're also hurting their writing, too, because I don't care how good any of us are. We're not good 14 books at the same time in the same year. Nobody's that damn good. <laughs> you know, maybe you read one book out of that that might really hit you with something, or maybe, maybe 10, 12 poems are scattered between 14 books or something. I mean, I'm not even trying to be uh, ridiculous. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a real number, and, and, yeah. and it, it becomes a real artistic tragedy when, when, when you have folks that do this, because you have to question, are they simply just simply writing anything that's on their mind, throwing it in, in, in a book, maybe having a friend or relative help them edit it or something, or, you know, do the, the internals of, of the book. And then, you know, they're just putting it out there with that free junkie art I just mentioned to you that looked like some, you know, a crackhead that's been damaged before, before birth, you know, doing, doing all this. I mean... It no longer becomes art. This looks like a whole, whole train uh, 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 of junk put out there. You know what I mean? Like uh, Henry Ford's, you know, uh, conveyor belt of cars. Well, all these damn things don't look the same after a while. That's not good art. It's not good business. It's certainly crappy marketing. And in the end, you, you might just be harming, you know, uh, your own writing, and you might just hurt the market by by having your stuff out there way too much. Yeah, I mean, um. Well, everybody does things differently. I mean, you know, that's that's the thing. And and as far as uh, as far as 
I don't know. It, when it comes to some projects, like me, I move so slow. I never have to worry about having too many books out at work. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> turtle uh, turtle I, power I, over here. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I do a lot of things in-house. So, I mean, um, that's one thing uh, I, I, I will say. I did, you know, I'm fortunate in that sense is that I don't go to outside covers. You know, anybody know why would I? I mean, I'm not being a jerk, but I just, you know, I, I do know. I think I have a good grasp of what grabs the eye. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with me. I don't really. Everybody does things different. Everybody has their own thing, and and God, you know, if if that's what you want, if you want, it all matters. You know, really. I, I, I don't have a problem when people do that. Uh, giving some third party to do it because not everybody can can do stuff yeah. like you do with the covers. Okay. Don't get me wrong. So I don't, I don't put anybody down for that. What I do put down is even if you have a great book, let's say you just put together a, a fantastic collection of like 38 poems that, that just mm. rock and roll. Yeah. Imagine putting a piece of crap cover on something like that. It's just like it's just like baking yourself a, a great cake and then going in there and taking a shit on it five minutes later. What the hell is the mm. point of all that work? And it's the same thing when you put a crappy cover on something. A cover should stand out. It should look interesting. It should be able to spell out who you are and what's going on with, with that book. And if you have to question it because it looked like a, a, a monkey got into a paint set, then what the hell is the point of anything you're doing? I, I do think covers should always pop. That's just my opinion. Um, a, a cover really has to be a good selling point. But then again, you know, I'm the same one that I, I'm not going to, say anything or, or, or name names I've done some as, you, as you've known I've done some covers that were really over the top for people really well done and then you hand it to them and they're like no 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 I, <laughs> I want this you know thing it looks like I went to the arts and craft table in elementary school and <laughs> did it and it's yeah, like you know once, once it's hard to deal with I mean I have to admit I'm probably I'm less temperamental with my writing than I am with the covers. The covers will drive me insane. So I always say I just love doing covers. And I do. I do enjoy doing covers. But when it comes to what works, I I think that I have a great track record for knowing what works. I mean, not to, not to toot the horn, but I will always promote my work. And that's a look at a shamrock. Which you're in, a lot of great writers are in. I mean, you can't. That pops. That caught everybody's eye, and it's actually one of my best covers. It's not my sole book; it's a magazine. No, <laughs> so, I, I, yeah. I always liked it a lot. I mean, I always yeah. said that it, it, it's it's to me it's the balance that I prefer something something that was sexy without going over the top. It, it was tasteful. Mm -hmm. And, and, and yeah. leave stuff to the imagination, and you could even have somebody who, who's a female in the room look at it and go, "Yeah, okay, they're not offended, they're not freaked out," you know. Mm -hmm. So when you when you could do that and make everybody happy, well, then that's that's the damn cover you need to have. Yeah, and that and it was funny because that wasn't even the original cover, but um, that was one down the fly. I just wanted something that people would be curious. Oh, what's inside? And that was a, uh, you know, that that was a. Um, what I liked, it was a noir type cover, and uh, at least I consider it that, and it, it makes you curious. It, you know, it's like a good movie poster or anything, you know. Sometimes the, the poster, but we were fortunate with that, that I do, you know, that we had really incredible writers in there, and um, 
you know, including yourself, we had a good, uh, uh, a good mix of people in there and, you know, it, it's definitely, it's definitely, and, and people have received it well, but yeah, I do think it's very important to have something that really kind of pops. I always think of it this way is like, and it's look at, look at like a bookshelf or anything like Think about how things are for sale. You're looking at all these different co- – you want the covers that pop, that draw the eye. I don't want something that kind of like, oh, what is that? You know, <laughs> Maybe yeah. it will. Sometimes maybe the ugliest cover in the world will draw them, but just – Maybe once me. in a while, but if you put on 87 books a year with the same junk, people are going to be going to sleep. They're not going to be excited. You know, I just uh, – yeah, I definitely um, – yeah, I always want something that draws the eye. Uh, 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 definitely not puts it out, you know, that uh, just kind of, like, makes you, like, I don't want anything to be overlooked. So anything I can do, I always consider that my job, especially with running the press, is just, you know, is try to get the readers, the writer as many reads as possible. So when I do create covers, I go all out to create them something that'll pop and uh draw people you know something that is really cool to have on your bookshelf the way i look at it yeah something they draw even people that come over and see that hey what's in that you know so that's just that's what i consider my job when i do covers and i do as anybody knows i love to i'm I'm faster with covers than i am with books i don't do books that quick oh great (laughs) if i did covers the same way i'd be great yeah, here's here's the here's the calendar for John. Okay, cover mm-hmm. 2020, book 2021, maybe. You know, it's like holy moly. Yeah, oh yeah, it's not it's not a joke. I mean, we've we've had we've spoke about this before, but I just move really. I take a lot of time. I'm a very self edit type person, and so by the time you get it, I can't complain about it. It's the way I want it completely, but. Yeah, no, I just, me personally, I don't ever want to oversaturate anything. I mean, you know, and even with my latest and everything else, I just don't, you know, I, I want to make it a little bit special. If, you know, Christmas is every damn day, there's no, there's no, there's nothing special about it. Yeah, exactly. When Christmas is every day, Santa Claus is just another chump, you know? Yeah. That's just me, though. Like I said, I'm not, I'm definitely not bashing people, but I just feel that you, you, you want to have something that to look forward to and think, wow, you know, cause I mean, I've had, because as we know, I've got projects that, that are still, <laughs> that we've been talking about. It's like, oh, it's supposed to be out last summer. In the alternate, yeah. in the alternate universe last summer. <laughs> It'll be so well. We, we just kind of aim for summer now. <laughs> we don't say what summer. <laughs> oh lord! But that—that's just me as a writer. I mean, but you—if anybody thinks I'm frustrating, you can—you can definitely talk to Mark. I, I move incredibly slow, so you know I'm the polar opposite of a lot of other writers. No doubt, a lot of writers can kind of crank it out a lot. Fast. I'm not an assembly line. I'll put if I'm an assembly line, I'm the world's slowest. Y'all be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, I I do think we do put we do put out quality. We do, you know, we so, do. So. so there you go. That matters to me. You got it. 
All right, so the next subtopic over here in our uh, wonderful episode here of Creativity in Coronaville, okay? Hopefully we're not wasting away here in Coronaville, but um, (laughs) we want to look at uh, the taking the risks in the context of being an editor. I mean, Mm -hmm. like like he was saying, uh, John, that Mm. when we publish something, and it doesn't do well out there, and, and people take uh, either offense or, or slights or whatever mm-hmm. to it. We're going to get the blame too, even though we didn't write it. And why shouldn't we? Because we we are the judge of doing that. And this is what I remind people all the time when they get mad about something. Why didn't you do this? Or why? You? I'm like, remember, I have a readership. I can't just go and put on anything I want and, and say readership. You must take what I'm saying because I am the dictator. No, I'm not a dictator. I'm a friggin' editor. <laughs> and, and, and guess what? An editor means that you have to respect the democracy of the people that are supporting the publication. You can't go around. They have a vote, and they could just vote themselves the hell away from you. You know, <laughs> they can. I mean, and, and then next thing you know, you don't have a, you don't have a publication anymore. I mean, I, I looked at my stats. I mean, just from the just from the middle of March to the middle of, of April, we've had over eleven thousand people come onto the mag and come onto the journal. Okay, that's 11,000 people in 28 days. Okay, and keep it in mind that I rarely publish between uh, poetry, nonfiction, and fiction, maybe any more than 50 pieces a month. So it's not a whole lot. So you have 11,000 people checking out stuff all across the board, reading all these different things and, you know, different months sometimes and and, and many times uh, telling their friends about this and that. And that's how that works. But. Those are those are not numbers to sneeze at, you know. But in, at the same point, they're also numbers that I've earned from making sure that we're, we're putting stuff out there that that is varied and it's interesting and it's not purposely trying to to offend any anybody. Now we're going to take some risks, and I'm okay with that. Like I said, but I, I, even mm-hmm. I will make sure it doesn't go too far because uh, they have a right to get mad at me, and, and they have a right to expect certain judgments because that's what an editor is. Ultimately, editors are judged. Uh, of what is going to make the grade for that publication. Because whatever you put down something, it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it's bad work. It just might not be the best work for what, what you're particularly doing. And that's fine. You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, that's the thing. Once you get a readership, it, there is a bit of, there is a responsibility of an editor. You, cause you have to think, you know, once the, uh, I mean, when you, <laughs> when you start out, you're just grateful to get work. I mean, I know how it was for me. It was very organic. It was it, readership took a while, and then eventually it built up, and it was a snowball effect. Now I get the submission, you know, yada yada yada. But um, as far as you know, the magazine to me, there's a certain standard I have to, and I have to set it. If I don't, it falls on me. It doesn't fall on the people I publish. It falls on me. If I'm just publishing anybody that sends work. Then you know that's that's really messed up. You have to think about the readership after a while, because I like a certain kind of well, so I'll say that uh, a certain kind of flow to what I publish and the way things go. You know, with the magazine, I like a certain style, and that's what I publish. That's why you'll see some people return a lot, some people don't. Um, Man, nothing against them. It just you know they they may have 
they have one thing that may fit and then, you know, not so much or, or whatever. Or, and now we've got a lot of people. I mean, we've got people waiting now for a long time, but, you know, the magazine's bigger than it was <laughs> when I started. So yeah. it, it, it's, it, it is a responsibility. Being an editor is a big responsibility. And once you get a magazine, you get it up and running when it's finally, when people know about the magazine, like people, there's people who read who don't, know me as a writer but know me as an editor so i said well it's doing well then because they know about the whiskey i mean that would be my top magazine uh and i run a lot of them <laughs> so, he does. so yeah people always know about that one um you know there are ones that don't do as well i don't feel any lesser about them because i still i still love them it's just they're they're maybe a smaller readership or whatever but that's fine they're growing but yeah it it, it falls on us when we publish stuff and you really that's that and that's what another thing about being an editor you have to consider that is that it it is definitely a job and you have to you know it's like you're doing a quality control thing you have to put out what you know, what you at least what you think, because it's just an opinion. What do you think the readers are gonna are gonna dig? And luckily, you know, when we do this stuff, we you know I've had the majority of people pretty happy with the thing. You know, you're always gonna get somebody. <laughs> I've always had some kind of comment and let me know that, or somebody write me that. Well, you know, the stuff I sent you was better. Well, okay. Well, not really, but I'm glad you think so. <laughs> so. You know. I got a million stories about uh, writers, so we won't go there. <laughs> you know. Well, I could tell you, I could tell you something that until you really sit in the seat of being the editor and having to deal with all that, you don't know really what you're talking about when you when you get mad, because mm-hmm. it's it really is a blessing for something to go from, from something that's very small and modest to something that's, you know, sizable enough to where you have some respect of it even. I mean, my, my first, my first, uh, issue of aerial chart, I had 56 people in 30 days click on the site. 56. That's a good number. Yeah. And, and now I have over 11,000. So you, you, you look at it, uh, you know, four years later uh, that, mm. well, there's some, there's some real growth there, but of course, uh, you know, we, we, we got it because uh, we were trying to put out things that are different and, and try to give people some chances, have them, you know, invite other folks, which is a big part of why it grows because they invite other folks and then they wind up staying to, to check out other things that we're doing. And we see people come back time and time again with, with, with friends and relatives and other folks. You know, they share it out there, and that, that's what it's supposed to be done. That, that's what it's supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be about, you know, um, having – Group sex with Walt Whitman and 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 Edgar Allan Poe, you know, and, and and getting all academic about everything and 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 wondering about uh you know if you can play footsies with the grammar Nazis. Writing is supposed to be ultimately a community event, and, and something that what you're doing has some effect for the community, meaning the community of people out there that read things. You know, if you're not writing enough to affect the average person out there. You know, then, then who are you going to be writing for? Hmm? Those those strange people in the Midwest that don't seem to know what direction is up? I don't think so. Well. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, 
that is a that is a thing when you run these places that you you know you definitely have to consider everything and something that editors do understand that I think largely uh like I said that's something that I think definitely sometimes editing I know people you know they get frustrated because you try to get into a place you like a mag you want to be in there and I understand the disappointment but here's the thing I understand and we both understand both sides of that coin I mean I've been I've been writing far longer than editing so I know what it's like to see a mag and you think you're a perfect fit and then all of a sudden you don't get in you keep knocking at the door and you you wonder hey what do I got to do I mean, because I write in a lot of different genres. I'm not just doing one style of writing. So it gets frustrating, you know, because every now and then you think, well, I really know the market and I understand it. And then some places are like, no, you don't. (laughs) They they don't quite, they don't see your vision. So it it, it becomes a pain sometimes. It's very frustrating. Writing in general can be very frustrating. Um, But, you know. That that that's the thing is that editor that you know it's just when it comes to being an editor you you have to take the risk on things and you have to be a hundred percent behind everything you publish and there's very few things I'm not and I'm not saying that I'm not I don't believe in everything I publish but I mean there you know I mean there's some things I, I don't there's it, it'll be funny to me sometimes the stuff that offends people uh because I'll never see it coming you never know you just don't know. Because we're not mind readers. <laughs> so, you know, dude, sometimes I'll put something, and then sometimes I'll put something up and I think, I'm just going to give this a chance. It's different. I've had that happen many a time and had some really great luck with it and then end up with a bunch of new followers because that's how it does work. You know, a writer recommends a writer. Next thing you know, you publish this person and they get, they follow the next thing you know, a bunch of other, well, at least I hope they do. <laughs> that's another thing. I do hope that people that submit work usually follow the things we're doing. I mean, that does help. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> you know? it, it would be helpful, but I try not to preach too much about, well, you got to like read aerial chart back yeah. to back to understand everything. Because oh, if I'm yeah. already trying to do things in, in an unusual way and unorthodox way and in a way that's not cookie cutter, just because you read a couple of months of us doesn't mean you're really going to understand what's going on. I, I think the only way to understand my magazine is probably a good way to understand your magazine is, is that if you have enough talent to put together a, a couple of really good uh, sentences of, that are clever and you're being honest to yourself and you're trying to be a genuine person, you're going to have a good chance of eventually creating something artistic enough that's going to be accepted. It's really that simple. It's really more about just... You know your general flow of what's going on in yourself and in the world. It's not really about, you know, um, hey, I see, I see the angle he's doing with those ten poems he published. I mean, uh, it's not that at all. Because, you know, who's to say that I'm not going to be impressed with yours and say, you know, come on, I've seen this before. I'm trying not to put things out there that I have seen before. So the only way I think you're going to get published uh, is is being who you are because nobody else is like that. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's definitely true <laughs> when it comes to that. And yeah, no, you definitely don't have to read. Uh, with me, you just see what works. You know, send it in, be yourself. And if I dig it, I dig it, and I take it. If I don't publish, it's not that I can't enjoy it. It just doesn't work for me. That you know, that's that's basically just you know, understand it's not personal. 
Oh, yeah, there, there's some things. I mean, I recently had a writer get really mad because I hadn't got back to him in, in a certain amount of time. But I get back to people, most people, really quickly. And sometimes things do get overlooked. I'm not going to lie. I mean, the whiskey doesn't have a big board of people working at it. And largely, I am the one that's reading every submission. It's the only thing that gets a little bit aggravating sometimes. <laughs> Some folks think that we have, because it's got bigger, they think, oh, all of a sudden I have like a staff, and I don't. I mean, uh, Scott will help me uh, on occasion. He uh, does a lot of transfers and things like that. But it, the person generally you're dealing with is me. And uh, sometimes, you know, it's like I'll get some people pull with, you know, they'll pull things before I've even had a chance to read them. And, you know, I do hate to break it to them that, yes, I know that your writing means everything to you, but your your right is one of a a bunch of others. And I haven't got to it yet. And give me some time because there are some places. I know some places that uh, one in particular. Not taking a jab, but it takes nine months. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're gonna take that long. Don't complain to me when I didn't get back to you in you know in a month. Yeah, I so. I, I don't like any place at all that takes longer than <laughs> it took for my child to be born. Okay, it's just a bunch of crap. I mean, really. <laughs> you know, I, really, my child was born at eight months, and you're taking nine months for my poem. What the hell is that about? Okay. Makes no damn yeah. sense at all. So I, you're, you're right, though. That's to me, that's almost too much time, especially when some of these 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 bums have, have now yeah. signed on to submittable, which supposedly it's all about being faster and organized and more efficient, and it's still taking the same amount of time than before it's submittable. So it, it, yeah. it, it's obviously not about the technology; it's just about lazy editors sometimes. Yeah, or I like I said, I don't I. I can't. I don't work there, so I don't know. I would. I don't use submittable. So, I, well, yeah, I mean, but remember I don't these people that have six, seven, sometimes ten, twelve people on staff, and it's still taking nine yeah. months. I mean, I, yeah. I, and I don't believe that they're getting thousands of entries. I just don't believe it. Yeah, I I do find that one hard to believe, um, especially. Uh, I mean, I've had I've had one magazine uh, in particular. And, and some of these places are places I've been published by, and then they have a big editorial board. And in the meantime, they can't get back to you, or they'll take something, and it never runs. That does aggravate me. And I guess people could say the same thing to me. But we have a big line. You know, like, that, that's what I try to remind people. The whiskey, nobody usually runs twice in a month. That's how I space it out. Now we, we're probably going to have to change that just because we have – we have enough. I'll put it that way. We have plenty of people that, that send work, and we don't have to worry about it. But when we started out, we had to space out because we didn't have a big readership. And, you know, but, yeah, it is weird when people have a big group of people. I don't understand, like, well, what are all those people doing? Like, one of them could be reading submissions. I mean, you know, this, clock in. It, after exactly. Let's just do the math, okay? Let's just take some of their bogus numbers to heart, okay? All right. Mm -hmm. Uh, XYZ publication from Scooby-Doo University, all right? They got mm. 12 staff members on, and, and they say they get 1,000 entries a month, okay? Mm. If you do the math on that, you're getting everybody less than 100 of them, and somehow in, in 30 days they can't read 85 pieces of work? Get the hell out of here. That's like two pieces no. a day. So there's no way that the numbers are, are truthful. Either they're lying about the numbers or they're just lying about the, their work ethic. Because there's a have to be a lie there because none of the numbers make any sense. I, I got three people on my staff. We get about 300 submissions a month. 
and somehow we could still get back to everybody in in less than thirty days. Come on now, let's be serious. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, I, I that's why sometimes I don't grasp why people get so agitated. Like I can usually get back to people in a relatively now. Like I said, sometimes some things do slip through. I mean, the only one doing it. So, because I, when it comes to the submissions, I am the only one reading them. Once is that's the thing. So, it, if folks get mad, sorry, not trying to be a jerk, but I'm the only. And and here's, I know it's going to be a, a outrageous concept to the to the uh, writers is that I do other things. No <laughs> way. Occasionally, I have a life. No, yeah, we I can't do that. Life and I have to. T- I have to do, and I send out submissions myself, and yeah. a lot of times I don't get, I've had some places that, and some places I, you know, it's ridiculous that when you don't get an answer. I've, there's a couple of places I've had no answer at all, and then had to write them back, and like, oh yeah, I accepted it, it's been published like a month ago. I'm like, wow, thanks. Yeah, remember I told you that? I wasn't even making it up. I wasn't trying to brag or anything, but yeah, I, I swear happen. to God, every three months, just for the hell of it, I go through Google and put my name in there, and every three, four months, I wind up finding one thing that's been accepted from months ago that I didn't even know about because they never even bothered to email me and let me know, and it's suddenly there already. It's unbelievable. I, I find two or three of these at least a year. Well, well. And, 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 and at one point, I used to get mad because I'm like, well, what the hell do I tell somebody when one day they say, Mark, uh, why the hell are you sending this to me? You already got published somewhere else. Because I'm like, that makes me look bad. But then I also realized over the course of time, I'm like, listen, if that happens, all I could do is tell them the truth. I put it out there. I didn't withdraw it because I didn't even know the other thing accepted it. I'm sorry. That's just the truth. It happens. I, I, I can't control that. And I, I'm not supposed to be uh, going on the Google every couple months trying to see if someone picked me up or not without telling me. I do it as I, I did it as a gag, but now it's becoming so damn common. It, it really is yeah, silly. Yeah. It is a good, uh, it's a good rule of thumb. I've had to do it myself. Uh, I can think of a couple publications. Um, the weirdest one was a place that they had, well, see, I have several mags, but I never take it upon myself. If you submit to the whiskey, I'm not going to just say, hey, you're over it, like drinkers only. You know, there's a couple writers that I know really well. So they're like, yeah, wherever you can use this. Or I'm like, oh, okay, because that, that's nice, because then I have multiple mags. I can kind of run them all that way and, and filter work into there. And gives the writer a change of pace, too, you know. Just basically a, a change in the title where they're at, you know, because they still share the links and yada yada. But um, there was a place I remembered I sent. And then, meanwhile, the you know, I check, and it's in a mag I never submitted to. That is, and then I feel, oh, they own that one, so they just put it over there. You know, meanwhile, didn't tell me. Yeah, it happened to Another, me once as well. It happened to me once. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it it, it can happen. I look at my there's, records. I'm like, I, there's there's no record of me ever sending it to this place. And when I emailed yeah. them back, that's what they told me. Oh yeah, yeah, we have another one that's like a sister magazine, and we just decided to send it over there. Yeah. Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, have a little bit of decency to first say, hey, we're going to take it for this. You know, once, and most do. Most do. I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not bashing. It happens. You know? It does happen, though, and, and I know some of this is just because, uh, you know, folks uh, just thought they sent something out when they didn't. They just didn't really follow up enough, and they lose a little bit of that organization. You know, it does happen. I mean, if you think about it, 
the only thing worse than this sort of thing happening is just not being published at all and people just rejecting it all over the place. So it's sort of a happy blessing to find these in, in, a, in a kind of a cruel way. You know, but I wish people were a little bit more organized about it. But, you know, I know it probably sounds like a weird complaint. They published me and never told me. I'm such a bad person. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk or anything, but, you know, yeah. it, it really does help. It really doesn't help you when you when you are trying to honor the rules about withdrawing stuff when it's been published, you know, and you can't sometimes just for for these reasons. Mm. Yeah, it's it, it is weird because I've had that I have had that happen. And the strangest stuff I've ever happened is like it was a huge distance and it had been published somewhere else, and then it made me look like a buffoon because then all of a sudden, oh, we're taking this. Well, you know, you could have told me in a year whether. <laughs> Whether you wanted it or not, so yeah, it it gets a little bit crazy. Um, and now I do do the Google search as well, because every now and then I'll find work. Um, I found one place publishing my work that was actually the, the funniest story was I found a place that's publishing works and putting it up is I'm not going to gratify them. I had to stop them as a matter of fact. They were publishing his new work, and it was actually – we're talking about way before I was in publication. They found stuff I did on a website. Once was – let me tell you, if, if people think my work's not great now, go read that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, you know, that was a little ridiculous. But, yeah, I had to put a, I had to put a stop to that one. That was one time I got agitated because they, they didn't have permission to have it. And so, yeah, they started running it because, you know, it was after – obviously the publications and stuff and so yeah that that's bizarre it is bizarre when that happens so but and that doesn't happen to most people but then again that's me if, if anything strange can happen it'll happen to me trust <laughs> me so yeah like yeah it's yeah it's weird <laughs> the google search is a must nowadays yeah, and i would really say for is. any writer who's done this long enough and got enough of a catalog of work, go ahead and Google it, and you'll be surprised some of the t places you'll find. And, of course, people reposting your work, too. Mm. Um, and that really agitates me, people just taking your work and, and putting it up. Even if they give me credit, I still want Yeah, it's not really proper. And, and, and it's still it really not, is a violation. I'm not talking about yeah, it's a violation of copyright, believe it or not. Even if yeah. they give you credit, it's still a violation because you have to have control of your work and not the other yeah. way around. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's really aggravating, and it's really aggravating. And and again, and, and now as far as the editing side, I remember I had a write that I published by a guy, and then within the same month, he's published it three other places. Once really is disrespectful because he never gave me credit where it was originally published. And it's like, if you didn't want it published with me, then don't send it to me. And that's a big no-no. If you want to find a way that I, John, will actually get agitated, that, that's one of them. Another one, run your, run your right and then run the link underneath it. Because if you want to publish on your wall, not to go on a different tangent, that, that's your business, that's fine, but don't bother me. Because I've got way better things to do than to waste my day uh doing stuff that you're literally going to disrespect me like that because I don't like that new hobby that new or that new trend of I'm going to publish my whole right and then I'm going to put the link down there the links work share them so that's just a little hint hint to some writers <laughs> good good advice good advice I'm not going to mess with it now that the, yeah. the, the last part of the show I want to talk a little bit about just general creativity during this whole corona pandemic 
Now, I've talked to some people already that said, hey, listen, I find it hard to be creative, Mark, during this home corona crisis because, you know, my hours are reduced. I'm seeing my wife more than I want to, and now she's driving me nuts. The kids are driving me crazy running around, not going to school. You know, I'm in a supermarket, and instead of looking for cookies, I'm looking for toilet paper. You're right. It's kind of hard to be creative when all those real-life horrible things are going on. And we're missing everything but meteors hitting the earth and zombies walking through the land. So I, I got that, okay? But keep this in mind. It doesn't mean that you have to always be creative even during a crisis. Maybe this is a good time for you to wind down. Uh, read a book. Uh, try to get some other energy uh, creatively rather than just simply writing. So this way you're not going to open around. I can't write. The world sucks, and I don't have any toilet paper. I mean, it, it's not really the way to go. You're just harming, <laughs> you're harming yourself that way, and, and you're getting yourself more of a dark mood than you need to, okay? Now, and the second thing I keep in mind, and John will definitely expound upon this when he, when he gets his turn over here, but listen, there is no rule saying that if you're living during a crisis, no matter what kind of crisis it is, a tornado hit your town, a hurricane wiped it out, you know what I mean? Lobsters are trying to bite off your nutsack. I mean, whatever it is, okay? doesn't mean you need to be writing about it, okay? I, I, I get a flood of 18,000, you know, virus poems over here, I call them, you know? Mm. So, some of these things are worse than the virus, all right? I mean, really, we all got the gist, okay? Social distancing is a stupid term for, you know, just staying away from people and... You know, uh, restaurants closing at 6 o'clock and you can't even go inside and they give you a baggie and you hope the food is any good and you're not sure if you're going to have to wipe your butt with Vogue because you don't have any more toilet paper. You know, we got all that. <laughs> but if you think about it, that's what that's really what your, your poem and your stories are going to be about. It's not like you're coming up with anything super interesting and creative that I wouldn't mind checking out. I'd love for somebody to have an original tangent on all of this. i publish it. I got I got two um, articles that I put in, uh, nonfiction ones, that were really good. One was a, a nurse on the front lines telling you what was going on through telemedicine. Hey, yeah, that's really interesting. I liked it a lot. And then another guy just sort of expounding about the things that are going on in the world in the crisis. Those are interesting. They have good takes on it, almost a journalistic type of feel, and I'm great with that. But, you know, it's harder in fiction and poetry to really be original than maybe you don't have to. No one says if you live through an earthquake, you're supposed to be writing about earthquakes for the next six months or something. All right? I mean, that's when you let trauma get a little bit too far. Because guess what? You still have regular things in your life going on. You know what I mean? Girl breaking your heart or, you know what I mean? Church asking you for more money or, you know what I mean? Your favorite band broke up or the lead singer is too damn fat to actually walk on the stage. These things are still going on no matter what kind of crisis they're having out there. And they're still worthy to be talking about and writing about it too but you know tone down the virus poems uh, we really don't need any more yeah um i i have published things that are kind of inspired there but i am not um i am not keen on the same thing i i first of all i can't stand repetition um, so everybody's sending me stuff. I've probably read more virus poems than I ever care to read, and I will be so happy when they no longer are being sent to me, not to be a jerk. I just don't, I'm not digging it. Uh, I think everybody knows what's going on. I think, you know, the thing is, like, I write to entertain, but not everybody has to, and not everybody does. 
I I write to escape. I write to read to I write the stuff I would like to read. And to me, I want to escape what's going on. Whereas some of this stuff that's getting published, these and, and another well, I'll say this is on me for saying this. Um, I do know there's certain places that are doing whole collections on these things, and I just think that's a bit of an exploitation. I'm not a fan of it. Um, you know, especially when they're they're making money on it. I I, I just don't. I'm not hip on, into that. I don't dig it. And yeah, like it, it's just it, it's not. This is not like a joke. So I don't really want to read. I don't want to read that stuff, let alone publish no, it. And, and I, so I agree. I, it, the whole thing creeps me out because, you know, I did yeah. the two nonfiction things because, you know, they had gravity. They had the real commentary. They they had they were taking it seriously and they were trying to add something, you know, new and giving you some more perspectives to something like this. But when you're, when you're goofing off with poetry and fiction about this and, and, and just being clumsy about it, to me, I, in the end, it's disrespectful because right now we got 31,000 people that are dead because of this virus. I mean, it, it, compared to other disasters, that, that's a small number. But still, that 31,000 people that were alive just a few months ago that are now dead, you know, and, yeah. and, and some of them, you know, confined to a, to a nursing home to never leave the bed and then die from something they didn't do anything about. You could say... You know, to, to the 75-year-old, you know, maybe you should have quit smoking 30 years ago. But And he's responsible for that. But he's not responsible because some some caretaker, you know, didn't wipe their nose. The next thing they'll touch them, and now he's dying in three days. It's just horrible. So those sort of things are, 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 are tragedies for those people and, and their families. So for us to, even in an artistic way, you know, to, to be so nonchalant about it or try to be arty about it. You know, I'm sorry, but there's nothing artistic about death. Yeah, no, and I, I'm a guy. I am. I'm a guy that writes horror, so you know. And yet, you don't see me doing that. I don't think people want to hear that right now, and I don't think they need it. To be honest, I, I, uh, I'm with you, man. I'm with you right now. I, I think one day, if I go, you know, to my uh, reward or maybe lack of reward. I'm probably going to meet up with this Jesus guy, and he's going to, like, grab the remote and show me some videos of stuff I did in my life. And, you know, some of them I'm going to kind of cringe about. But there's going to be a lot of things he's not going to show me, and it's going to be one of these things here is that, you know, taking advantage of this crisis and, you know, being some kind of jerkweed about it. I'm not going to be seeing that on the Jesus video, you know? You know, the, the, the two girls in the same bed when nobody was looking, I mean, I'll, I'm okay with that. I, I can laugh at that, but uh, I'm not going to laugh at this sort of thing, you know? So Jesus, I, I'm ready for you. Okay. Yeah, I and and just so people don't get kind of up and up about things, I have published things. I did kind of an anti. I wouldn't say it was anti, but uh, quarantine right that had had a sense of humor and a good twist on it, and that was done by my uh, a friend of mine uh, and, and and great poet uh, Todd Cirillo. And, you know, because it was different and we were kind of, we both share a lot of the same opinions of this stuff. And, um, you know, he had, and he had had, uh, some, and I don't think he'd mind me saying some difficulties trying to get that published. So, you know, went ahead and published it and dug it and it did well. Um, there's some others that I've, I see the humor in and I think people do need humor. So, yeah, I will – and not to make light of anything, it's just – and it wasn't even about the virus. It was about the 
the distancing thing and how, uh, like my buddy, uh, great writer, Jim Brewery, who, uh, recently published something on him more about the, the you know, the way the grocery stores are nowadays, as we all know, it's, it's, a uh, it's, you know, it's like going out into the wasteland, so to speak. Oh, <laughs> Trying to hunt down toilet paper nowadays. Hunting down toilet paper so, and fighting uh, people yeah. with zucchinis, like, you know, in a sword fight. You know, it's so crazy. Yeah, so I can, I like seeing that, you know, more uh, and stuff like that, like that. And as anybody know, I definitely dig humor. So, yeah, I, I think we can do things that are way more creative than just kind of rehash what's on the evening news. Right. It's uh, what I was trying to avoid because that's what's being done. And, I don't yeah. know if people are trying to do that because they're trying to be keen and, and just sort of hip, or if they're just yeah. trying to do that because, you know, the whole thing is so depressing and, and they might have been in the creative doldrums and they thought it would be a good way to get themselves out of it. But, you know, it's it's like anything else, folks. If it's not going your way, take a break for a while to recharge your batteries. Don't think that somehow writing good good crap somehow is going to make you suddenly write good stuff eventually. It doesn't really really work that way. And if it does work that way, maybe you should recognize that the good crap you're writing was just a way for you to get it out of your system. Don't go ahead and put it out there and try to get it published. Put it somewhere, you know, in the garbage, okay? And that's what you should do. But there isn't any, I feel, any compunction out there to to write what's going on and think somehow you're going to come up with some super original idea. And I'm not saying that to put anybody down. I'm just saying that, so much of it's being talked about by millions upon millions of people throughout the world. You know, to really mm-hmm. to really think that you're going to come up with something artistically interesting and deep and clever on it, you know, it, it, yeah. it, you might be being more arrogant than you are being realistic. Yeah, I mean, I had one, I had one that that oddly enough, the people just not to be a hypocrite that uh, this it, this came out way before all this was where it's at now and it was kind of almost a uh anti type right and of course like anybody knows i'm very you know well i can be humorous so it's a lot of dry it's dry humor it's not over the top humor so yeah i mean and i have but it's completely different than what everybody else is doing right now so yeah and, and the people i know who do cover they they tend to kind of go away from being reporters and more about their own condition and make something, you know, so you can do stuff that's interesting. It's just, you gotta, you know, it's gotta be you. It, it can't be just a rehashing of everything we're seeing right now. And that, that will be published in some <laughs> not a little free advertisement of also. So people don't think, well, yeah, John talked all this mess and then published one. Yeah. That was also has been out there for a while trying to find a home, you know, I don't, just because I, just because I, I write and I'm an editor doesn't mean I get things published overnight. Cause largely I don't publish my own stuff. So just so people know, so I don't want anybody to give me flack on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I really don't. I, I appear people get mad, not getting into the whiskey. Well, I don't get into whiskey and I own it. So there you go. There you go. I'll mess with him. Yeah. All right. Yeah, <laughs> but I I am glad to see, even though I I don't like the fact that you've gotten flooded with these virus poems and I got a bunch myself and I haven't published any of them by the way only the non only the nonfiction stuff, but I am still happy to see that people are trying to be creative. So I would yeah. never want to discourage that, and I don't. I just want people to recognize that, you know, you don't have to. Try to copy whatever CNN is saying, which is probably a bad mm-hmm. idea in the first place anyway, because 
whatever it is, it's probably, you know, beyond reality, okay? You're better off, like, copying the National Enquirer. At least it has some humor to it. But um, if, you, yeah. if you're doing something like that, you got to, like, spend more time on trying to be more original, trying to be something that could be useful. Otherwise, go on to another topic because, you know, I, I'm at a point right now with all the stuff that I've had to do through this stuff that um, as an editor, if I really got a super awesome Corona poem, I still might not publish it just because I'm already corona the hell out of it. I'm just, like, out of it, <laughs> over it. I mean, I don't even want to hear the word anymore. I'm serious. Yeah. You know? I really, I just, I, I, I mean, I hope five years from now I don't hear the damn word anymore. So uh, yeah. that's another thing too. Uh, I would have to wonder about how much can the audience take reading something about the corona when that's all they hear twenty four hours a day on podcasts. Mm-hmm. Hell, they got podcasts right now dedicated just to the corona. Who the hell wants to listen to sixty minutes of wear gloves, put on a mask, put on a body condom? Pray to God. I mean, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah okay. We 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 got all that, you know. <laughs> we got all that already. Yeah, no. we don't need to be here yeah, that a hundred times a day. Yeah, no, it's it, once again, and that can fall into also being an editor is like you know, you, you, I I I try to provide an escape for my readers to ha- give them something to laugh about, connect with, maybe deep level, maybe something even sad. What you know, all those emotions. I but I want to provide an escape for them. I don't want to. They're they're getting they're getting saturated with this all day long. They don't need me helping that. And the whiskey largely does not do that. And if we do anything, it it gives you a laugh. So and I'm I'm because I have to stand by the things I I put out there, and I do. So yeah, that I definitely have no desire to. Just keep, like I said, rehashing. I'm not the evening news. <laughs> you don't want to go to us for your news source. I'll put it that way. Yeah, and I always think it's the best thing to do as a habit for an artist anyway because we're supposed to be, in many ways, beside society as much as in it, meaning that we're not reporting everything that society is hearing, but rather we're trying to report something that new that they haven't heard before. So maybe we're being our own like news source. So maybe we're being our own journalists, and we're not just simply repeating, uh, you know, some 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 girl with a nice haircut on TV. Because again, then you're not really an artist. You're just a repeater. And and what the hell is a repeater? Because you're not doing anything original. You're just repeating that somebody else is saying. That's a bad idea, and that's never how you're going to get anywhere. We already know that there's too many people out there right now that. You know, they think that if they, uh, they, um, you know, they kiss up to editors or, or, or they, they try to, like, mimic what everybody else is doing for a style, that this is how they're going to get themselves published. But in the end, you got to feel a pity for these people because they've lost themselves and they've lost their way. And, you know, they, they've become a shadow of who they used to be. And whatever they're writing right now isn't, isn't really art. It's just some some crass, uh, you know, counterfeit attempt of to, uh, uh, trying to be popular for a moment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I agree with you. So yeah, it, it's definitely not something I I and and least people get that from hearing that. But not something I want to uh, read, nor do I want my readers to be saturated with. So yeah, I'm definitely not uh, putting that out there. And and don't give me hell about uh, <laughs> the one right that may mention something, but it's not a 
It's not definitely not a uh, trust me. Well, you can people know me. You know, you're not going to get. You, you won't get it with me. You never know what you're going to get. But usually, if it's humorous, it's definitely not going to be uh, something that's going to depress you. So, if I if I do mention a virus or anything, so well, yeah. we tell we tell you on this show, and I do especially time and time and time again. Okay, be yourself. Find mm-hmm. find the qualities within. Use that to examine the world so this way you have your own take on it. And therefore, whatever you put out in art is going to have its own stamp. It's going to have originality. It's going to have its own voice. It's going to have its own, you know, its own edge to it. That's how you stay fresh. That's how you, you stay to be an, an artist that, that's worthwhile. It won't matter if you have a crisis around you or not. Because this crisis, in many ways, is going to test people. And it's even going to test families. You know, and who can stay together and, and, and who can't and, and who can uh, be by themselves and, and not fall apart and who others need uh, need a crutch, uh, you know, and everything that's going on. So in many ways, uh, crises can separate those who are weak and those who are strong. So try to stay on the strong side of things, because, you know, if a virus is going to take you down and you haven't, you haven't even got, caught the virus and it's still taking you down, what else is going to take to knock you over? I mean, really? Come on now. Either we're gonna be yeah. we're gonna be humans at the top of the food chain, or we're just gonna hang out with viruses at the bottom over there. You know, with, with the uh, the half-eaten, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, pop tart from eighteen forty-six. Okay, come on. Yeah. Well, like you tell people when they they talk about the quarantine thing. Um, I've lived on a five-mile island most of my life, and technically, I hang out with nobody. So I'm technically a quarantine champ. So <laughs> I've been. A- now most of my life so i don't really want to hear about being isolated you, you think you think you're isolated try being on a five mile island that's you know that that's isolation for you i <laughs> I, I, I i i agree and and, and to make a, a funny take on something we have a lot of artists out there especially men that even before the crisis mm-hmm. they were in quarantine it's called not getting laid so basically this yeah, is no different than they had it you know, six months ago. So they, they should be used to this sort of lifestyle at this point. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, I'm going to go there. I have, I have some bites about that. So it's like, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's, let's not complain about some things because it's not like you were living the life of a rock star before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> man, I had girls all over me, man. Now I got social distancing. Yeah, but, uh, yeah but, it was like a Motley Crue video until this whole Corona thing. Like, uh, no, no, it wasn't. Yeah, really. My, anybody knows me. My perfect evening is a, and no shame to the game because it's not illegal. A nice cocktail, some good music. I, I have have a good time, and yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> pretty much, uh, it's not much has changed. Exactly. Some of these guys, <laughs> some of these guys, uh, yeah, like listen, Poindexter. Okay, you can't count the girl models on the Fingerhut catalog as being hanging around with girls. All right. We're talking about real examples over here. You don't have any, okay? Junk mail doesn't count. All right, so let's relax here with, uh, you know, the life of Riley uh, until the virus came and not, now your, your game has been put down. You had no game, okay? So relax. Maybe you might get game one day, you know, if you try to live something a little more genuine, get through this thing and become stronger and better and go out there and, and take those Coke, uh, you know, bottle glasses out there and just go out there and do your thing. And then maybe you'll be all right. But until then, you're going to be birth control all the way. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, people. Yeah, you, know, you get. You gotta have also. Uh, you got. You gotta be real about things. That's that's one thing about anything when you're dealing in life. Let's well, not, you know. And we will get through it. And we're going definitely going through some some very tough times. So I'm not gonna belittle anybody, but yeah. Also, let's not, you know, if as long as you're alive, you're above ground. It's a good day. <laughs> I hear that. So. Yeah. That's a great way to end the show, folks. Yeah. And I want to thank you all very much for being so supportive of the show. A lot of wonderful comments we're getting. Uh, and then another week or so, we'll get another uh, mailbag out there with a bunch of comments we've gotten from the last couple uh, of weeks of shows. So I'm, I'm excited to, to, to do that. And, and for folks sticking with us, uh, and, and, and thank you again, John, for sticking with the show and all that we do and, and having your, um, your thoughts and your uh, personality and your, your talent out there as, as well. We, we we need that, and we need that uh, more than ever, especially in, in, in an age, as we can tell here, where um, folks don't always seem to be tethered to reality. I don't know if it's because they're watching too much Netflix or they're just looking at the mirror too much. I'm not really sure. But uh, one of, the, one of the, the downturns that we have in the 21st century is that we have the most freedom and the most technology, and we always seem to be either the most broke or, or the most sad. So uh, we need to figure out some sort of balance because what's the point of having all this freedom if, if, if you're frustrated and, and, and you don't really feel you're going anywhere? And what the hell is the point of having all this technology if you're just becoming of a slave to it rather than you being the master over it? So we, we need to be able to figure out those two things if we're going to have a better life and, and, and a better culture. And by having a better life and a better culture, I, I really think we'll have a better art too to go with that. Hopefully the show is trying to push people, you know, in the, in that right direction as much as possible. I think people already know me that I'm not going to be a hallmark person. I'm not going to be a false cheerleader. And, you know, I'm going to call it as I see it. And if that means i got to be judgmental, smack a few things around, oh, well, that's what has to get done. It, it's done, you know, in support of the arts. It's also done in support of artists who, who deserve the defense. You know, you, you shouldn't have women out there harassed uh, as artists, and you, you shouldn't have uh, people from different cultures or sexualities, you know, made fun of or, or abused through art, and, and, and people call that a good thing. And, and neither should you just have the people that are trying to do the right thing and, and be genuine and artistic, uh, you know, shoved aside because somebody uh, wants to write something that, you know, about 600 vaginas and 400 breasts or something. You know, we, we got all that away. We could watch an HBO episode every other day and, and catch that. We don't need that really in poetry. We need something different, something that's going to remind us that we're human and remind us that we, we can we can be better than, than, than who we are at the moment. And I'm hoping that the show is bringing people, you know, closer to that realization so they can see that they don't have to be stuck like so many other people. They can go out there and be who they're supposed to be. All right, folks. Do uh, you have any uh, uh, any last words over there, John? No, I think we we definitely covered it, and it's uh, it, once again uh, glad to be back on the show. Always an honor, and uh, thanks for having me on. Yes, uh, thanks. A great a great show, and, and John, thank you very much. Uh, we had like practically no glitches, so that's awesome. No, so I, 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 I don't know if your your new uh, you know equipment over there is working better than ever, but it, it, it was perfect, and I, I can't be any more uh, grateful and, and, and feeling blessed about that. All right, folks, until next time, this is Strength to Be Human, the Guest House Edition, with our co-host and, and, and good friend and artist over here, John Patrick Robbins. I'm your host, Mark Anthony Rossi. Until next time, be safe, 
but don't stay away from people so much that you, you forget that we're all human, okay? We still have to have some connection, even if it means just calling somebody on a cell phone for a while or getting on a podcast or, you know, shooting an email or something. You know, you can social distance, sure, but you don't have to, like, disconnect from people. That That's the worst thing, and that's how these kind of viruses and these crises really win in the end, when, when people just become animals instead of staying human and, and trying to get through it. So let's stay yeah. human, folks, all right? Let's have the strength to stay human, all right? Until next time, folks, have a good evening and God bless. Adios. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by purchasing an ebook at Soma Publishing, www.somapublishing.com.